everyone, and welcome to this conversation presented by White House Custom Color. I'm Jed Toffer. Thanks for listening. You know, my wife Vicki and I have owned and operated our photography studio, V Gallery, for 20 years now. White House has been our lab for the last 16 of those years, and we could not be happier. White House is a family-run business, just like ours. If you haven't already, check them out at whcc.com. And if you want to drop me a line, feel free to email me at jed at whcc.com. Julia Woods, once again, here we are. Here we are, Jed, once again. Um, We're going through this series on relationships, and we have discussed disconnection and connection, right? We've discussed three most common mistakes in a relationship, mm-hmm. right? Now what we're going to get into after those mistakes, those was, we've, we've discussed icebergs and landmines. Now, <laughs> people that don't have the context are like, what? I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> now we're going to discuss um, uh, the, the, this kind of a three-part system right? Mm-hmm. That you've developed mm-hmm. um, for um, pe- people that are in relationships, either with their business partner or not. Again, it doesn't matter. I want to stress that. Um, it The business partner piece for us resonates because we were business partners with our spouses. So we, we understand that piece, but these things, they're not just relegated to that. This is just for anyone that's essentially in a relationship uh, with somebody else. So we're going to discuss those uh, three phases um, of this system that you have. And then we're going to discuss some before and afters. Um, and, and we can get into all that. But first, talk about yourself. Who are you? <laughs> yes. So I'm a transformational coach and I f- specialize in relationships, especially the relationship of marriage, because I believe it's the most important relationship um, that we have on this earth. And so Um, I help couples learn how to fight for the marriage they want. And so they can stop fighting for themselves and feeling so lonely and miserable Mm. in their marriage. And so that's what I get really excited because it doesn't only change their marriage. It's a ripple effect. It changes their children's lives. Mm. It changes their grandchildren's lives, their business, their clients. Uh, A lot of relationships flow out of that main relationship we have on this earth, which is with our spouse. Mm, that's very interesting to, to put it. I haven't, I don't know if we've discussed it quite that way yet, but that, that makes a lot of sense to me. You've done a lot of things. Um, but one of the things that you've kind of constructed is this phase. Cause I feel like what we've done thus far is we've diagnosed, um, some problems and some issues and brought some things up to the surface. You know, this is, this is what it is. This is what it looks like, especially when you don't see it, those types of things. But then the, inevitably you always get to the point, you know, when someone's telling you all your issues, right. And all your problems, um, <laughs> especially when you don't see them and you're willing to trust that, right. And, and kind of Correct. be vulnerable and um, strip things down. It, it, it's always then the kind of the now what, right. Okay, so I, I recognize that there are these issues, or at least I'm open to the potential that there are, that some of these things are things that I struggle with or that we're dealing with in our in our marriage or relationship. But now what I'd like to get to, or what we alluded to at the end of the last segment um, on the mistakes, is the the phases, these three phases that you've developed that are kind of what the solution. Or a, or, or a route that you can take to get to these solutions? Yeah, I think it's the reconstructing of our self and how we show up 
one, how we, how we learn, get to know ourselves so that I can be known by my spouse and then how I construct new new forms of communication with my spouse, because most of us grew up in homes where we're, we watched our parents communicate all day long with each right. other, right? right? We watched our grandparents, we watched all these things. And so we come into marriage thinking, well, I don't like the way they communicated, but what? Like, well, okay, now what? <laughs> right. I, right. I don't want to communicate the way they communicated, but how do I actually communicate with Well, again, spouse? it's easy to say, well, my mom was always like this, or my dad was always like this, or my uncle or my grandpa, you know, whatever. Like, and, and, and a lot of people say, I don't want to be my mom. Exactly. I just don't want to be my dad. And, and a lot of times people don't even mean that as something that's derogatory or a put down. Sometimes they do. Sure. Sometimes sure, they sure, do, sure. but I found myself saying that. And I don't, yeah. when I say that, I don't, I don't mean I don't love my dad or I don't want anything to do with my dad. It's not, that's not what I mean, but there are pieces of my dad that I don't want to pass on or be like, and there, and he right. would say the same thing. My children will say the same thing. Exactly. Right? But then right. the flip side of that is, okay, we've, we've decided what we don't want. But now how do we get what we do want? Right? There we go. There we go. So there's this, you know, uh, the couples that I work with, they know they want some, they know what they have and they're not a fan of it. Right. <laughs> right. And they know they want something else, but they really don't know how to get from here to there. And they think they're flawed and that it's not possible because of them being flawed mm. or more likely their spouse being flawed. <laughs> right. Especially initially. Right. <laughs> Right. That they, they feel like it's just this impossible journey and, and they need to go to counseling or they need to get coaching right. to figure out what's wrong with them. Well, nothing's wrong with them. They've just built a system of how they communicate and how they see the world mm -hmm. that's producing the current results they have in their marriage. Mm -hmm. And if they want new results in their marriage, they need to build a new system. Okay. And so what I've done is constructed a three, uh, three part process that allows them to actually renovate the system at which they communicate with the world that they don't even realize they have a system. They just think they communicate. They're just born this way. This well, is just I think, honestly, I think that brings up a good point in that because conceptually what you're talking about is if a, if system a doesn't work, mm -hmm. it makes sense to transition to system system B or to develop a system B. If system B doesn't work, it makes sense to, but what we so often do is we don't even realize that there is a system. So we stay in system A. Right. And I propose that system A is working perfectly well for the results you're getting. <laughs> based, based on that system. System that's A what works great for lots of shooting on each other. <laughs> It's great if you want to be isolated, disconnected, Shooting. feeling lonely. So it's perfect, yeah, right? right? But if you want the results of being connected and right. feeling united and partnered, that's a different system. A different system. Okay. Yep. Yep. So now, so let, now there's this this system. From what I understand, it's a three part communication renovation system. Mm -hmm. Right. I got that yes. right. You did. I don't. I don't use notes a lot of times for these things, but I need notes for this because there's just so much new content for my little tiny brain to take in. <laughs> little, little tiny fella in there just kicking and screaming as all this stuff comes at me. Go, go into this now. Let's, okay. let's, let's, let's dive in. 
So I just want to give the context of, you know, mm -hmm. if you're in your house, you and Vicki, I watched you guys remodel a house where you're like, okay, the function of this room just isn't working for me. It works, right? For a lot of people, it could work. I remember the glass mirror doll room, right? Yeah. It worked, wow. it worked perfectly well Work, for the last for owner. Right. <laughs> it right. was great, right? right? But it wasn't working for you and Vicki. No. Right. So in order to repurpose that room or to re-renovate uh, that room, you needed to take out what wasn't working. You mm -hmm. needed to decide what would work, mm -hmm. put it in, and mm -hmm. then refine it, right? You needed That's to exactly develop- exactly what we did. Exactly. Right. So it's, a, it's the same process with communication. So communication starts with the first phase, which I call demo, the demo phase. Yep. Right. Which is what we do when we renovate a room. We first got a demo. Right. Yep. And demolition is simply short for looking at me. Oh, <laughs> what what is bringing me to respond the ways I respond? What is so in bringing the demo me? phase? You look at yourself. Correct. Even right? if you think. It, that the other party is one hundred and thirty percent at fault or whatever. <laughs> the demo phase requires you to maybe put that on the shelf and look at yourself. Yeah, because first, what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to um, create a, a vision of the marriage that you want. Okay. Right. You're going to get really clear about what your marriage look like now. And what is it that you want now? What are you going to need? Who are you going to need to be moment by moment to experience that marriage that you want? Uh huh. Right. And if you're realizing, well, I need to be more patient with my spouse. Well, what's bringing you to be impatient now? Let's look uh -huh. at that. Right. Uh -huh. And as we talked about the iceberg, we're going to get down. You're going to teach you how to get down into those hidden parts of yourself so you can begin to understand your inner workings. What brings you to get angry the way you get angry? What brings you to shut down when your spouse mm -hmm. does a certain thing? Mm -hmm. You know, and the more we we, we can't transform what we can't see. So the more we can understand and see our inner workings, the more we have the power to control, have self-control. Mm -hmm. Self-control. Yes, right. We move from you, wanting to control our spouse to now <laughs> the gift of control. It was it was given to us to learn to control ourselves. Right. Amazing right. difference. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like completely different things yeah. altogether. Yeah. So right. as I control myself, I now have the power to own my choices and whether uh, the choices I'm making are moving me towards the marriage I want or moving me back towards the marriage I already had right. that I say I don't want anymore. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. demo phase. That's demo phase. Take responsibility for me and my choices. Yes. And what does that look like in your experience? In all honesty, what does it look like for you to do that? So um, let me give you a specific example. Okay, good. So last night, this didn't have to do with my husband. That just has to do with relationship. So I, um, something, um, a meeting that I had was a part of, it didn't go the way I wanted it to go. Okay. So just like normal victim that we default to, my brain went to, well, this person did this and that's why it didn't go this way. Or this person did this and that's why it didn't go that way. So I thought, okay, Julia, you're, you know, what's going to, where are you headed if you keep going this way? So I said, okay, let me take responsibility for me. So I started off my morning by owning what were the emotions I was feeling. You're, you're, well, you're first of all, just kind of acknowledging 
what really are facts. You're not in a, you're not in a subjective frame right here. You're like, okay, what really, where was I at? Or what, yeah. what was really going on inside of me? Look, yep. there's no shame. There's no judgment. This is just like, you're trying to really acknowledge what was happening or where you were at. Yep. Right. I'm okay. holding a neutral space for myself to discover. Neutral, yes. I like it. What discover. I don't know that I don't know about what's going on inside of me. Right. 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 Okay. So I could own the emotions and wow, there was a lot. Mm -hmm. Surprisingly, there was a lot more than I had any, I wasn't aware sure. how much was actually there. And so by owning those emotions, getting them outside of myself, then I could begin to, to hold a space for each of those emotions by themselves. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, what am I feeling um, disappointed with? Right. And I can write out what that is. Right. And as I began to look at it, I'm like, okay, wow. So there is a lot of negative emotions. What's really going on? And as I can get through that layer, I can start to get down to um, some areas where I'm shooting on myself about what I need to be doing, what my right. responsibility is, when in right. reality, my emotions are trying to tell me that this, this concept isn't working for me. Mm. And yet I'm shooting on myself that it should be working for me. Right. And so I'm just trying to make it work instead right. of by, by learning to understand what's going on inside of me, I can then realize what's the conversations I need to have. Mm -hmm. What's the things I need to discover about, you know, other possibilities that I wouldn't have discovered if I just stay in being frustrated with other people and the choices they made. So this Which is what happens in our marriage. Sure. This, this deconstruction or demo phase is really a lot of self-reflection and you're, and you're discovering things as you drill down more and more. It, yes. It gives you tools so that you can get familiar with who you are on a regular day basis, right? Like any, every day, every day we have an opportunity to get to get to know ourselves. We're, we are becomings. We are human beings right. becoming, right? right? So every day I'm becoming, I don't know myself in the right. way I think I do. It's a lifetime right. journey of getting to know myself. Right. Well, I need, I don't know about you, but for me and a lot of people, like we don't know how to get to know ourselves. Like I know I like pizza. I know I don't like shrimp. Well, that's not knowing myself. That's not knowing the inner workings of what brings me to feel and do the things I do. Right. One so, of my favorite people constantly says, what the heck do you think you know about what you believe or about yourself? Like what makes <laughs> you think, you know, you. Yeah. Right. 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 And so we need tools to get to know right. ourselves because we're always becoming, we're always evolving. Yeah. And you know, we're either becoming, in my experience, we're either becoming more shut down as a human being, more jaded towards life. There's a saying that most men die at 27. We just bury them at 72. Oh, wow. 27. Yeah. <laughs> because we get jaded towards life. We get bitter, yeah, we get resentful, I we get, get that. cynical, right? Mm -hmm. Who am I becoming? Well, I got to know that. I didn't know that about myself for years. I was becoming a miserable person from mm. the inside out because mm. I had I've no also heard idea. It said, I've also heard it said that the grumbler can become a grumble, <laughs> yeah. right? Because yeah. you are becoming. And if you, exactly. if you stay in that space, eventually you become something that in, in essence is it's very difficult to come back around because you're merely the grumble now. Exactly. You were always the grumbler and now you're merely the grumble. Yes. And that was terrifying to me when I heard that. 
Yes. Because I've done a lot of grumbling in my day. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. So we don't often in the busyness of life, we don't often look at who we're becoming. And what I give people is the tools that helps them discover themselves. Both uh, their shadow is our shadow is what we're most out of touch with. Right. I don't want to acknowledge that I could hate someone. I don't want to acknowledge that I could be jealous. I don't want to acknowledge that I can be selfish. Mm. So I've decided those things are bad. So I distance myself from that part Mm. of myself and I become inauthentic, Mm. believing as though I'm not that. But until I become in incongruent with myself, when I become congruent with myself, I can accept who I am, both the light and dark side of myself. Mm. And now I have the power to control it more than it controls me. Mm. Yeah, because you have to acknowledge it first again, right? Exactly. You have to be able to acknowledge what's really there and be open to what's really there. Right. Rather than be in denial. Exactly. So the demo phase or the deconstruction phase is what I've been calling it because the demo phase insinuates that there is something after that that is kind of the opposite of that to me if you're tearing something down then you're going to build something move into the construction phase the construction phase yes and so the construction phase in in what i've created marriage thrive is it's where we begin to construct new ways of communicating so now that you have new power to have self-control you now can show up in conversations newly but and one of those one of those construction types we kind of went through in uh, a previous episode of the layers of conversation. Mm-hmm. We go a lot deeper in that, and I mm-hmm. walk you through how to get off your shoulds and mm-hmm. how to get get clear about what is the meaning that you're making up, and right. you know those kind of things. So there's quite a few communication approaches because it's not one size fits all. And there's different types of conversations. So I need different tools in my tool belts for different types of conversations. And one of the biggest things that creates conflicts for couples, especially in business together, is making decisions together where they both feel united and they feel heard and respected. Mm. We often in a marriage, you find that one person tends to be the one who uh, knows best how to get their way. <laughs> and the, the other finds it best to just go along because there's no sense in trying. Right. Well, um, yeah. Is that, is that always problematic though? I mean, I mean, to, at, at some point in some sense, don't you essentially want to sometimes pick the hill to die on, so to speak? Like I'm not going to well, die on that hill. So if that's what she wants, I've just let her have it. Right. If my spouse is passionate about using a certain vendor, right? If my business partner is passionate about using a certain vendor and I don't have an opinion about it, right? great. Right. right? But if secretly they're passionate about using this vendor and I'm like, I don't like that vendor, but there's no reason I can say anything because they're not going to listen. So I'm right. just going to go along. Right. Then I'm building bitterness and resentment. Yes. Then you are building bitterness and resentment. Right. And I actually sabotage subconsciously. I'll sabotage to help my spouse find out along the way that that was the bad choice of the vendor to choose. (laughs) And see, I told you this wasn't a good option. Right. Well, and a lot of times it's even it's it's and maybe this is what you're saying, but it's even worse than the see I told you. It's a year or a decade or a lifetime of little tiny things that you're doing to try to (laughs) 
back and uh, you got that bitterness and that yeah. resentment that leads to that spite, you know, and since you've never even acknowledged that or really maybe confessed that or brought it out, it's there, it festers and you're just like, eh, eh. and so that's one thing. And that can be multiplied by a hundred things. If you don't yes. like get through the, the demo phase and then into the construction phase. Right. Right. And it's powerful what you said, because we often don't even realize we had an opinion. No, we don't right? even know. We tell ourselves, I don't care. Do whatever you want. It's fine. Care. Right. But so part of that, the reason the demo phase is so important is because I got to start getting to know me. I got to start owning my voice. Yeah, you got to do that acknowledging first, right? what yep. I really want and need mm -hmm. so that when I start constructing new, when I show up to new types of, of communication, I actually know how to articulate what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking in a way that can be heard. Well, that demo phase is a big point, I think, of that. It seems to me that that demo phase would be to really set up a good, clean, solid foundation to begin with. Because right. if you go half-hearted, right, if you go halfway because it gets too scary or whatever, your construction phase can still occur, right? Yeah. But if it's built on sand, so to speak, mm -hmm. what's going to happen? Right. The waves are going to come and knock your house down. Right. Right. If you've ever renovated a room and you were like, I don't really care. Let's just do it. And then you get it done. You're like, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it at all. This is terrible. Do it again. Yeah, tear right? it down. <laughs> right? So part of the demo phase is getting really clear about what is it that I yeah. want so yeah. that I can construct what I really want in my yeah. marriage yeah. and not be, you know, just disappointed later. So, right. but yeah, in the construction phase, um, you know, most people at the heart, as we were going through those layers, you and I got down to the part where empathy and understanding mm -hmm. is at the heart of really connecting. Right. Mm -hmm. And most people haven't been on the receiving end of a lot of empathy in their right. life. Right. And therefore their ability to offer empathy is a whole new like muscle. They've never really gotten familiar with how to create or how to operate and how what to can that look like, you know, like I think what, I think you're making a really good point right now. Like it, this is a really powerful one to say that most people haven't been on the receiving end of empathy. And mm -hmm. so they haven't really experienced what empathy looks like when directed to them. Mm -hmm. which is way different than what empathy can seem like or feel like when you see it directed to somebody else. Like you can see it and be like, Oh, that's so sweet. That's so nice. Mm -hmm. But when you experience it directed to you, that's a completely different thing. And it can knock a, it can knock a grown man to his knees. I have seen it more than once. So Absolutely. what can it look like when you're in the point or when you're in a situation where you haven't received a lot of that, you have a sense of it, right? Maybe from seeing it somewhere else, but now you're, you're, in, you're at the point after going through these phases where empathy is a big part of what comes next, both mm -hmm. from you and to you in that relationship. And what, mm -hmm. is, what does that look like or, or how can that manifest when there isn't a lot of experience maybe on either side? Yeah. Well, and that's, uh, for me, it's, it's one of the things people say that makes such a difference in going through my program with coaching is because it's, I have empathy for each of the spouses, right? They often yeah. come into coaching thinking I'm going to take one side or the other, right? Right. Right. They right. think, well, my now, now Julia is going to tell my spouse how they shouldn't be doing what they're <laughs> yeah. doing. Right. Yeah. I'm like, no, I don't shit on anybody. <laughs> so, 
So often that's a lot of what they say is they say, when I hear empathy coming from you towards my spouse, or Mm. when I hear empathy coming to you towards me, it helps me understand how to have empathy towards myself and towards my spouse. Right. Right. And so that's one of the ways. Um, But the other thing is, you know, the beauty of a marriage is I believe for the most part, two people, the two people that get married, they really do love each other. They really Mm -hmm. do want to find a way to have a great marriage. And I just love what happens in when people start the, the gears start clicking and they're like, Oh my gosh, I have power and control over myself. I didn't know I had, and they start getting excited about the marriage they see as possible. They have an ability to offer themselves in ways that often surprises them. You know, Mm. it's like a baby takes their first step and turns around and looks at their parents like, what the heck did Mm. I just do? Right. And so it's so beautiful when I watch one spouse just show up in a way that's so new and so different. And they feel that empathy flow through them for the first, you know, Mm. one of the first times. And they're just, you know, um, one of the things I often say is empathy. Empathy changes every vessel it flows through. Mm. So often I have spouses say, well, I want them to offer empathy first. Like, yep, in a great world, that's great, you know, but here's the power. If you choose to be the first to offer empathy, empathy will change you more than it'll change them because you'll be the vessel it flowed through. Yeah. And that's the beauty of these life-giving gifts is when we choose to be a vessel of them, we're the one who's changed more than the person who received. Mm. It make it it makes me think of when you're in a when you're in a stalemate with somebody, maybe even a physical stalemate for anyone that's been in a in a confrontation of that matter, and you get to the point where someone has to say uncle in order for the in order for the stalemate to to kind of recede recede. And you think mm-hmm. to yourself, I want them to be the ones that show mercy first. Mm-hmm. When if you're also in that same position that you can show mercy to exactly. them. And, and, and then it's, and then it's over, right? You actually getting what you're wanting, like what you want to happen is occurring and you have the ability and the power and the control over the, over, over it the whole time, Mm -hmm. but you can get stuck in saying, I want the other person to show mercy or empathy first. Mm -hmm. And if they're in the same spot, you can always, you can, again, you can be stuck there for a day, a year, a decade for the rest of your life. Exactly. You can can, just be stuck there. You can be stuck there all the way to divorce court. Right. And then, and then past that, because there's, there's, I don't know what your experience is with people on the other side of, you know, such traumatic pieces, but that bitterness doesn't go away after the gavel hits the, hits the, right. Because I, I often get the second and third spouse marriage. Well, then there's, there's that piece too, but I mean, like, even like (laughs) internally from that first that first traumatic divorce, that first traumatic experience, mm-hmm. or that first traumatic end of a relationship. It's not like when it's over, you're like, oh, whew, exactly. now everything's okay. Right. 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 But then what happens is in this, you know, I often get them coming to me in the second marriage yeah. saying, I thought it was my first spouse, but right. I'm in my second marriage. It's also with my second very- spouse too. <laughs> <laughs> the right? second person does all the same exact stuff. I've got really bad luck. <laughs> what they think. Better move still. on to number three. <laughs> yes. 
because it does our need to be right doesn't go away. We just use the next person to make ourselves right until we understand what we're really up to. Oh. And then all of a sudden we can stop sabotaging ourselves. Oh, it's something to learn the hard way, isn't it? I mean, it just, <laughs> yes. it just is. And we all, we just all have different ways and scenarios where that, where that occurs. Yes. Um, or at least where we have the opportunity to anyway. So that the construction phase then leads to a third, the third phase, development phase. Development. So development, if you think about your home, you can take out what you don't want and put yeah. in the new windows, the new plumbing, the new things, but it's not really a home until you develop it with the rugs and the furniture and the, you know, the things, right? All so the accoutrement, often, the finishing touches. Exactly. Right. So in, we learn something new and we often apply it and get frustrated when it doesn't quite go the way we want, because in any new thing, there's small nuances, right? Like oh, I can nuance. draw out a paper on paper, what I want this room to look like, but until I get the stuff in there and start putting it up, it might change total directions. Mm -hmm. I might need to move, you know, things around in a way I didn't realize I was going to need to move things mm -hmm. around. Well, the same thing happens in communication. There's these small little nuances that are really challenging to see. And so one, uh, the development phase involves a lot of practice. So you're going to start practicing, working through the conversations that you've been stuck on those landmine conversations. We're going to pull them up. <laughs> well, maybe it sounds to me like when you, okay. So whenever anyone says it involves a lot of practice mm -hmm. in my mind, that also means, or what you're saying, what I hear you saying is it, it, this is going to evolve, involve failure like, yes. or, or struggle at the very yes. least. Like maybe it's, maybe you can word it. Some, some of this is semantics, but sure. you know, what you do in practice is you're learning how to do something. And, and mm -hmm. you know, if you're practicing the guitar for anyone that ever has, you are terrible at the guitar for a long time mm -hmm. right? and you're, and you, then, and there's all kinds of things that happen. Your fingers hurt, right? Sometimes they bleed, mm -hmm. you know, you're developing calluses, you know, but so all these things are occurring yes. as you're practicing and it's generally unpleasant, correct? <laughs> Okay. So yes and no. <laughs> Good. <laughs> okay. Good. So, so one of the things I've learned about the system is that I, I, each week there's new, each phase, there's new levels of miracle growth because what often couples find is they come into these phases of trying to uh, shift their relationship. And it's just so painful. They just are like, mm. I can't take it any longer. Right. Right. So the first thing that happens is you immediately commit to having a minimum of a 30 minute intentional conversation every week and 30 minutes of a enjoying lifetime together each week. And you trade off planning. So one spouse, one, you know, so the value of this is one of the things that people often say is within a week or two of being in, they're laughing and having fun together in a way they haven't in a long time. Right. And right. that's vitally important right. to be able right. to have some of these harder conversations. Right. The other things couple find out is because they've got the intentional conversation planned on the schedule. And I've given them tools how to, how to prepare a connecting conversation starter the spouse who comes in to start the conversation starts in a very different place than they've ever tried having this conversation from before. Huh. And it's not in a hot moment. Right. They, right. They're both neutral, right? right. This right. is talking about something that has 
been there in the past, but in the moment they're talking about it in a new way. So what's, so, an, what's an example of it? Can you, can you give me an example of that? Like something yeah. that you're talking about, but it's benefiting tremendously from not being brought up in a hot moment. Yeah. So, um, so for example, I get the credit card statement. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> okay, we're done. And we're done. That's all we need to say. Okay. But what, okay. So, but then is this something that it's like, you know, Hey, Thursday night, we're going to have this time together. Right. And I'm so, going to pull out the old credit card statement <laughs> and we're going right. to discuss that. <laughs> but because I have my page acronym, so page P A G E is an acronym for a spin out tool. So how to keep from spinning out in a conversation, how to prepare me. So it stands for personal accountability, followed by generous listening, creates empathy. Right? Okay. So I see the credit card bill. You I'm see like, it. It comes okay. in, you see it. <laughs> I see it. Right. I get, probably I get triggered, right? I'm like, okay, okay. I'm working. I, I want to move towards the marriage I long for. So I could go and have my old conversation where I get to be right and I get to fight for my own way or I should have done this and you should have done this and you shouldn't have done this. And why didn't you do this? And you should have done this. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So I can take my page acronym and I can, I can work through the prompts that help me take personal accountability for me. Right. Cause if I'd gone to the conversation in the heat of the moment, I would have been like, how many times are we going to talk about why you buy things that, you know, are over the amount we've agreed upon, whatever, right? It's all going to be about him. When I take personal accountability, I can own what's happening in me, right? And what is the conversation starter I really want to have? Like, what is it that I don't know I don't know about what makes the best choice he sees available for him to do what he does, does with the money, Right. So when I can get a hold of me, I can create a conversation starter, something like maybe, um, hey, I noticed there was a charge on the credit card bill. <laughs> I thought that we had discussed that we weren't going to do that anymore. Can you help me understand like what you were thinking? Or, you know, um, it's not a great conversation starter. I'm, I'm on a prompt too. Because it's really when you go through your stuff, you start feel you start getting down to the real conversation. Well, I mean, would it, would, it, would, it, would it come across as something like this? Hey, look, I've seen this credit card right now. I have a lot of anxiety, right? Because we've discussed this before. And, and this is something that we've talked about. And it's happening again. And it scares me. And I'm nervous about it. And I don't understand. Is that... Is that it bringing could, your that could stuff? Be, that could be one. That could be, there's thousands of connecting conversation starters, but ultimately right. it, it's me being neutral and being curious in a way of believing the best in my spouse, believing that they're not intentionally just trying to sabotage the marriage or tick me off. Right. You got right. Because we can go there again. Like we've said that oh, like sure, you can go sure. there and then that can cause you to say all kinds of things, but you're, right? you're building it. You're, you're basing it on that premise to begin with. Sure. They're not trying to take us out. Right. Right. If they so, are, that's, if they are, that's kind of a completely different, right. That's not what we're talking yeah. about here. Yep. Right. So you're building so, it on that premise. And then you, in this, in this example, you approach and how do how does that go? Like what? Yeah. So I might say, um, you know, what I know is I want to, I want to build trust with you. I want mm. authentic trust in our relationship. And when I see these expenses come up, it breaks trust for me. Mm. 
So can you help me understand like what's going on for you? Like with this specific expense, can you tell me what's going on? So this was a literal moment in Jeff and I's um, history when I began to learn the power of empathy and coming in a neutral place Mm. to an intentional conversation. Mm. And it was powerful when I was able to hold a space for Jeff that he felt safe. He, this was over a cowboy hat, (laughs) right? (laughs) So an $18 cowboy hat and you had to make a thing of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mr. (laughs) Mr. Very nice Stetson for like 250 bucks. Right. Right. Sure. So, so he had said in passing, Hey, I'd really like to get this hat. I'd like to talk about it sometime. Yeah. I see it on the credit card bill. It's almost right? like translation. Hey, I bought this hat and we're, <laughs> we're going to yeah. talk about it sometime. <laughs> exactly. So I went to him and I said, um, <laughs> you know, Hey, uh, <laughs> I saw some things come up on the credit card bill. Yeah. I'm struggling to trust that you're really, you know, building this relationship. We say we want, like, can you tell me what's going on? So he, he shifted, like he went, took responsibility. He said, I'll be honest with you. I wanted this hat really bad. And I can give you all the reasons why it's connected to my grandfather, all that stuff, but that's not, I'm, I'm not wanting to justify it. I can own what I did was I was, I was afraid that you wouldn't want me to do it now. And so I just decided to kind of make up that in passing, you hadn't said no. So that meant it was okay. Mm. And I went ahead and did it. Mm. And it was really powerful because when I could sit with generous listening, because I'll teach, I teach a lot about how, what generous listening is Mm. all about and how to do that. So because I was able to sit there with generous listening, I could hear it. And I actually said, you know what? I, I really understand what you're saying because this week it happened to be Easter that weekend, whatever. And I said, I was at the store and I knew I was going to go over our committed budget. And I know I had said, I would talk to you before I did that. And I decided you wouldn't want, let me buy the Easter candy for the kids. And I wanted to. And so I just decided, well, I can take it from another budget. It'll be no big deal. So I said, I understand because I did the same thing. And while it was hundreds of dollars of difference, we still became, (laughs) (laughs) let me just stick that in there. Okay. Okay. I spent $4 and 27 cents, seven cents extra. <laughs> there was a huge difference. Oh, I love that. But, that, was a, that was a beautiful moment. <laughs> Thank you. I, my, you know, I still that victim. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but it was really powerful because we could hear each other and see each other yeah. and talk yeah. about it in a new way. And he, you know, he, he went into the point of asking for forgiveness because he does want to build trust. And we worked out like how we could still build trust in that situation. Well, it's, and, a, good, it's a good example too of his behavior, right? He took the mm-hmm. risk. And, and you, so first of all, you, you approached a certain way. He then had a choice. He chose to take the risk and be vulnerable and essentially confess to you, like the truth of it, right? Kind of bring mm-hmm. it out. And then that also then open the door for you, you know, to, to empathize with him because you kind of had some of the th- same thing going on and look, look at all the stuff that happens then right. as a result of that right. intentional first move on one person's part. Exactly. And yeah. we talked about, um, you know, we're either self-protecting or we're offering ourselves. Mm. And so by nature, mm. as humans at any one of those moments, either one of us could go back to self-protection. Sure. 
but we were, we each worked to keep offering ourselves. And as we each kept offering ourselves, like it was a changing moment. I had a friend recently say, you and Jeff work so well together about finances. How did you get there? And I'm like, wow. <laughs> okay. Do you have a lifetime? To he just did whatever I said. <laughs> but this one moment <laughs> over this Stetson hat was a major yeah. shift in us yeah. realizing, wow, we can be honest with each other. We yeah. can accept our humanness and how money mm. can trigger some of our shadow mm. that we're not proud of. Mm -hmm. And if we can be open with each other about it, we can be stronger together because we're both humans. Right, right. That's a, be that's a beautiful thing, honestly. Um, so that's, that's, that's really the, that's really a, a really good encapsulation of what the development phase looks right. like new ways, taking root through guided practice. Mm -hmm. Right now. And, and, yeah. and there are going to be times where somewhere in that thread, it, it breaks down, right? Sure. It's going to maybe, maybe someone decides to, to hold something or omit something or keep something right. And then, yeah. and then the trust is, is fractured again, or it's, or it's, or, or it's, you know, it, you actually take one step forward, two steps back type of thing. Right. And this happens. We know right. this happens because, you know, right. I believe love is fought. We live in a mm -hmm. world of good and evil. And so when two, a couple commits to growing deeper in love and being stronger together in a way that their strength changes their kids' life, changes their family's life, changes their community's life, that's going to be fought. Well, and, and for we, marriage in particular, that's part of the vows, you know, the standard vows, you're richer or poorer, sickness and health, good times and bad. Right. Right. Those aren't, yeah. we shouldn't take those loosely. Those, those are, those are important. That's an important vow to take. Right. Right. And when we're changing, like, it's interesting, my experience of what happens in our human brain, when we're creating change in our marriage, we think we're going to go straight up the mountain. Yeah. But we never go straight up a mountain. In reality, when I'm climbing a mountain, sometimes I got to go down to get You're up. doubling back and you go down to get back up and there's switch. Right. Yeah. All the stuff. And this is how it happens when we're renovating our communication. And it can be discouraging and disappointing because we can't, it feels like we're losing traction or what we, we started wasn't actually ever going to work anyway. And so we get to be right for a while. And then we start to realize, oh, this is just normal. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's profound. It, it, I like the system. I think it's, there, there's a lot of value there. I can see, I can see a lot of merit in that system. It, again, it's, these are scary things, right? Mm -hmm. I, I think in a lot of ways they're, they're, they're scary things because of the vulnerability and the honesty and the, and the self-awareness and, and the, and the kind of the self-reflection that's in, in it's, that it's involved and so imperative, you know, all through the, all through the way. And, and we're not, we're not wired for that. We're, we're actually wired to be self-protective and, and, you know, to some degree, self-centered, self-absorbed, you know, thinking about us and thinking about, mm -hmm. you know, there's almost that evolutionary survival of the fittest type of thing, right? I need to survive. I need to take care of number one type of thing. And so there's a, there's a conflict there that comes up a lot of times when you're, when you're in a, a deep relationship or a meaningful relationship with somebody that that all makes sense to me. Um, what is it, is it make sense to get into some before and afters? Some before, before it looked like this. We definitely can. If there's certain ones, because I wrote out for you some of the 
specific experiences Jeff and I had of what it looked like before the communication renovation. Well, let's talk about the business one, especially okay. at least the first one, right? We yeah. before we used our business as an escape to avoid communication problems at home, which grew an unhealthy relationship with the business. Overworking, using it to meet needs it wasn't designed to meet and a tool that we used to make our spouse pay. That's ominous there at the end. <laughs> pay. <laughs> well, I read it that way because I, as I'm, you know, because as I'm reading it, that's what really stood. Oh my, like, I, and, and this is this shadow piece, right? Like this is the, I, you know, there's some people that are going to hear that. And be like, well, I would never do that. It's kind of like Jim Gaffigan when he talks about McDonald's and then he's like, some people are like McDonald's. I didn't know I was better than you. You know what I mean? And he's like, and his point is, I look up and I see 6 billion hamburgers are sold every day. I'm not a calculus major, but uh, somebody's lying. You know what I mean? Like you go to McDonald's too. Right. Yeah. He actually uses yeah. McDonald's to mean like all the crap in our lives that we don't want to acknowledge. Exactly. And right. so here, talk about the before a little bit. It, it, you know, as it relates to all, everything that we've been discussing, but you used your business as an escape and, and the overworking as a tool to make our spouse pay. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> it's terrible, isn't it? It's just awful. horrific. Absolutely awful. And I'm glad it was you and not me. Right. Let, me, let me tell you the error of my ways so that you will never ever Boy, do it you guys were really screwed up yes oh so jeff and i had this pattern in our relationship yeah. where when tension came between us his defensive reaction was to shut down yeah and my defensive reaction was to get angry Right. Yeah. So they fed off of each other because the more uh -huh. he shut down, the more angry, angry I got, the more got. angry the more I got, the more shut, the more down, shut down he got. Right. And so I often referred to him as Fort Knox. Like, I don't know how to break into Fort Knox. Right. <laughs> like, you are as closed off as like, there's like, I don't know how to break through to you. So when he would shut down, what I didn't realize is the meaning I was attaching to it, the perceived fact that I was perceiving as fact was that he didn't love me. I didn't have any mm. value and worth. Now, I didn't realize how I don't have value and worth was my own belief. Mm. I came into that, into the marriage with that belief. Yeah, I had no that. idea yeah. that's what I believed, but right. I believed that. Right? right. And Jeff had a belief that I'm not enough. So, he thought that about himself. He, his belief about himself enough, was right. one of the beliefs he had about himself was I'm not enough. So when I would get angry, he would go to, I'm not enough. I don't know how to make her happy. Right. So I might, I'm best to just, um, take myself away from her because I'm right. making her so miserable. Right. And when she's he better would, off without me, exactly. That yeah. was what he told himself. I just shut right? down Cause she's better off when, when I am shut down, she's actually better right. off. Right. Right. So when he would get angry and I would, uh, he would shut down and I would get angry. Um, my sense was that I didn't have value and worth. So I needed to find how can I reestablish a sense for myself that I have value and worth. Mm. And it was really easy to feel valuable and worthy in the business, right? Mm. It was really easy for him to feel like he was enough when he could do something that he knew made people happy. Mm. So rather than 
coming together and getting to the real conversation that needed to happen between us and ourselves, we would turn to the business so we could get a false sense of, uh, of value and worth and feeling good about ourselves. Yeah. And it seemed to remedy the problem. We'd never need to talk about that moment that happened again. Mm-hmm. Right. So our marriage is failing. We don't realize it. It's gra- it's gradual. It's like the frog in the pot, right? The water's just getting hotter and hotter. Yeah, frog in the pot, um, right. But we don't see it, right? So that's happening over there, but our business is succeeding because right. it's getting a lot of time and attention. And right. we're so determined to find our value and worth in it <clears throat> that it's just getting lots of energy from both of us because we're putting our energy, uh, rather than putting it in our marriage, we're putting it to the business. Right. And so, but the resentment was building <clears throat> the bitterness towards what wasn't getting worked through at home was building. And so we would use the business in ways to get back at each other. Oh, right. Mm. Like, right. well, you didn't get that. You didn't get me that project by the due date. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's just because you are still mad about what happened three weeks ago. Right. right. Or, you know, a client, okay, I'll just really share a lot of my uh, shadow. So I'd be in the sales room. And of course, I'm being so good at customer service. I must ask the client what their favorite image from their wedding is, you know? And of course, if they say mine, I'm going to go back and say, hey, guess what they said their favorite image is. Now, if they say Jeff's, I'm like, Oh, I forgot. I forgot to tell. I don't, I don't know. You know what? I don't even know which one it was now. Probably, (laughs) probably one of the ones that I took. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So there was a lot of ways like that, you know, that we were just getting back at each other and we could go on and on, you know, different ways we used our employees, you know, to be like, so what we weren't dealing with at home was, you know, who, whatever I am or who I am is, let's see, everywhere I go, there I am. Oh, right. right. So who I was being at home, <laughs> I was carrying right along with me at work. Sure. And so what I wasn't dealing with here was showing up there. And um, yeah, we literally almost destroyed our business and our marriage simultaneously because we weren't, we didn't know how to communicate and, you know, we weren't ready to work on ourselves yet until the pain got so bad. We said, okay, yeah, right. <laughs> you got At my attention. Point. Right, right, right. <laughs> and so now that then now let me read real quick what the after looks like after, after going through the process, essentially our business is a mirror that helps us see a reflection of who we are showing up in business, marriage, and parenting. It helps me see what is wanting, needing to be grown in myself so I can become the next version of myself. Now, I find that interesting that, of course, it starts off with the collective hour, right? And us, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. ends with me and I and myself. Mm -hmm. So you, you, I, I really get a sense of it got that part of the solution, or maybe this is what we've been talking about the whole time. The main part of the solution was especially initially looking at yourself, looking at you. Yes. And the second you do that, it's very difficult to uphold the victimhood mindset, isn't it? Exactly. It's a, it's an inner shift. My, my brain doesn't see things the same way. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I, and I see that just in the, in what you said in the after, um, it yeah. shifts to, 
I and myself, like you looked at you right. and you, and, and you demoed you. Right. 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 Which changed the whole dance course. And then there has to be a new dance that you need to construct and then develop. Yeah. Am I getting that right? Yeah. So for example, if in the past, before learning how to communicate in new ways, uh, you know, if we weren't getting the results we wanted, it was easy to be like, well, Jeff, it's because you're not designing the marketing piece in the way it needs to be designed. Right. right? Right. Or you're not having the conversations that need to be had with clients. Right. Now, if we're not getting the results we want in our business, it's like, okay, what am I contributing Mm. to this? Like, Mm -hmm. right. What if I have the level of success I've been willing to call myself up to thus Mm -hmm. far? Right. What if I'm scared and I'm looking for things to blame rather than owning? No, I need to become the next level of myself in order to have the next level of business. Right. Right. It's it's a hard truth, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, there are there are there are lots of hard truths, I think. But I think one of the one of the most difficult truths is is what we contribute to our own problems and our own struggles and our own issues like how much of that is us i think yes. a lot about what i think mark twain said something like 99% of the things i worried about in my life never actually happened <laughs> right you know yeah, I, mean? but, but I sure got a lot of avoidance oh out of gosh, the days i, lost, I worried <laughs> i lost hours of sleep over yes. things that never occurred in my yes. life Yep. And that's a, that's a tough one to swallow, but it's absolutely, it's absolutely true. Okay. Thank you for this one. You're welcome. This was have our fun, third in a series. Have fun exploring. Well, <laughs> that's one way to put it. Uh, I do, I do appreciate it. This was, this was a big deal. I think it's, I, it resonates with me certainly after being uh, in a business with my wife. So for so long and, and still being married, even on the other side of us working together. So um, regularly, right. We still work together, but not the way that we used to. And I think it's a big deal for anyone that's a partner in business or just in life. And I appreciate your time for this one. Always happy to chat, Jed. Okay. Until next time. All right. All right.